Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. So Logan, after an uncharacteristically quiet time in the Fantasy Gaming League, four games suddenly come out of the bins and drop themselves with varying results. And we've still got more to come. We've got the likes of Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming up. We've got Redfall coming up at 30 frames per second, which we discussed in depth last week. And then we've also got this Zelda lurking, the the third or fourth coming of Mm. video games. Your favourite. What is it with these schedules? Why do they get so clumped together? How's it happening? Honestly, I find it bizarre in a weird kind of way. I, I mean, arguably these games aren't necessarily competing with each other in the way that like, no. you know, you look in those like um, Battlefield and Call of Duty and, you know, there's times when they all come out and you go, what are you doing? Yeah. But these, they're ultimately going to be competing for people's time. And yes. there's a chance that a portion of that audience will always be distracted by other things. But I guess... There's an element of uh, arrogance that they probably think. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's arrogance, or it might just be confidence that your game will be the one that will grab the headlines or be the mm. one that people want to play. Um, but I don't. There must be some sort of market research that shows at certain points in the year, games tend to be more successful if they're released at those points. Mm. I, I I don't know what that would be, but you'd expect there'd be some you know gaming intel to suggest that if you release games between i don't know before summer and then after summer but before christmas like because those seem to be the two key areas i find where games are launched sort of in that september october november time yeah and around this sort of april may june time and they go we won't touch that because people will be out doing it's too hot they ain't gonna be playing the games yeah another one i always keep an eye on is the Mar- like March and the lead mm. into March because that's the actually you, you, yeah that's the last chance mm. to get some sales for your yeah. end of year results which will which will come and so anything that's delayed a few months and ends up just before March I'm always like well Alan in the boardroom said that's coming out hook by crook mm. so there may yeah. be a problem there and um, we've seen a few examples of that over the years I think of something like mm. Anthem and and uh, Mass Effect oh, Andromeda as well, which were both mm. EA games, funnily enough, and um, mm. they didn't they didn't fare too well. So I always keep like to keep an eye on that. Anecdotally, I've really struggled to get through Resident Evil Four Remake, mainly because I sort of set out my stall where I said, right, I'm not playing that mm. unless it's the evening. Yeah, because, right. Okay, got yeah. And we had a well, we we had a half decent spell of weather, and it's all gone to pot again around these parts, as it usually yeah. does. <laughs> so playing in the daytime, this room doesn't get dark enough for me, and there's quite a lot mm. of darkness in that game, and any sort of glare really distracted me. Yeah. Anyway, it took me over a month, pretty much, to to finish that game, which is a, wow. unheard of for me, absurd. Mm. I had the distraction of Persona Five Royal still lurking as like a part time gig, but. Um, yeah, not summer. a particularly long game that Resident Evil either. No, like, it took me twenty. Yeah, 
Is you shouldn't take a normal person that long. I got yeah, so I got all the, the yeah. collectible. I got all the treasures. Yeah. Got all yeah. the hidden squeaky things you have to shoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I did yeah. all the side side quests, and I was taking yeah. it pretty slow. So did but, you yeah. do all of the merchants? Yeah, requests. done all these requests. Done done all that took oh. for him, and yeah, they did. They're get quite, them rats. Get them, yeah, shoot. That's the thing. They are a little bit like <laughs> shoot these rats. Some of them do offer like a um, mm. like a powerful enemy to go back and beat, yeah, which, is, yeah. which is interesting. Mm. It's usually like a alpha version of something you've already seen. Yeah, yeah. But it was a nice little nice to have in there. It wasn't you know you didn't mm. have to do it. The the upgrades that you can get from that currency you get for doing those requests aren't essential. Mm. There's a couple of guns hidden no. behind there, which. I know it will annoy people, but generally yeah. it was a nice little wrinkle to add. But yeah, I, mm. I was really slow at just getting through that game. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe the, the clocks going forward meant that the, the sun was setting a bit later than it usually mm. would. And I was then sometimes like, I'm too tired to start yeah, a stressful yeah. game like Resident Evil 4. Yeah, it's so, not something you can turn on and just chill out. You have to be... I imagine you have to be in a place that I mean, as as we've been through many a time, I don't sit there and play through these games. But I've watched a whole, I've watched two playthroughs of it actually. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I can completely understand why people are loving it. But the first, when I was watching the playthrough, it was like for second playthrough, is like I've cranked this brightness up to max because he was like, I'm just uh, sick of just getting caught out by yeah. by things that I can't see properly. It's just an irritation. So when yeah. you say it's a dark game, mm. it it is. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. But the 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 best time I had planned it was when I'd wait until night and it was dark in the mm. room and the yeah. OLED could come to life then also. So there was yeah. definitely an yeah. element to that and it was interesting. Adcock has also finished it. So we should have mm. um, opinions lurking very shortly. <laughs> I can get that Pac-Man nailed down. Yeah. He's the Resident tricky. Evil man. Yeah, he's tricky to get him sometimes, but generally I can, can get him, mm. but... He's the he's the OG played all the way back in the originals and whatnot. So his his insight will be will be useful. And then you'll have mine from a more modern take. So we'll definitely be getting those opinions and those impressions and those gallery statuses if it earns it over to you as soon as possible. Well, look, let's break out and formally introduce the podcast. This is Idle Game Chat. If you didn't know already, I don't know how you've clicked on it and not seen that's what it's called but what is this what is this i've just it may have been auto you know auto play on youtube can call i mean i turn yeah. that thing off straight away because yeah yeah it will often just play a video of like a spoiler of the latest game you're playing you're like well <laughs> what are we doing here youtube so that goes off immediately but idle game chat is dimp digital's flagship show um not really What's sure that term? Play. Flagship. Flagship. I, like that, I stole yeah. that off another podcast. It's a wrestling yeah. podcast, but yeah. It's flagship show. I the main event. Well, it is, isn't it, really? For all mm. intents and purposes, Dimp Digital itself has mm. gone through many iterations of <laughs> beginning, <laughs> humbly just doing random, I guess, reviews on games that were like 10 minutes long. Mm. Then we did the podcast, then we stopped the podcast, then we did other content, then we just did ad hoc content. So... But this mm. is the, this has been the sort of the the main regular thing that we've been posting for a few years now. So yeah. it's absolutely the flagship. I'm your host, Apps, and I'm joined on this edition by Logan, who's our current FGL Grand Prix winner, and of course the resident referee for when we do the Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz. And we're going to give you some idle chat about video games. If you hadn't figured that already by the opening, where it was just <laughs> just complete rubbish, really. Nothing nothing of use there. Um, 
If you do want to support us, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash dimpdigital and join the community. You'll get early access to this show usually, like 95% of the time. But I believe it's the warm feeling that people get to be knowing they're supporting an independent grassroots, which I know is another favourite one of yours, <laughs> operation. <laughs> so patreon.com forward slash dimpdigital. You can head over there to join that. Uh, if you want grassroots, to- what are you? That's the question that I've got on it. Professionals. Because right. the reason I stole that term as well, again, it's from football this time. They would say playing on Sundays is a grassroots version of the game. Mm. So this it's is an interesting amateur. because we're saying that we're not at a level, which I disagree with. I think we are at a level. No, we're better than most of the pros. But you find um, you go over on Sundays and I'm just some real thrillers on there. But they're just pissheads. They can't be. They can't be trusted to commit to it full time and get themselves in shape. But you think bloody hell. They could probably if play at a decent level. Yeah, if you yeah. weren't such a bloody alky, you'd be you'd be <laughs> all right to play. You could probably play for South End or go up even to maybe Leighton Orient these days, since they're the mm. only professional football league team that are knocking around these parts. Actually, yeah, true. Colchester are now. But yeah, yeah, I think Colchester might up. be League One, yeah. League Two, League One. South End have fucking blown it, so you know. You, you, well, they're they're on the brink of liquidation, so. <laughs> That's where they're at. It's not looking good. That's what I mean by by grassroots. We're sort of having a go at it and, you know, it's not completely polished. I would argue better than some of the production I've seen on like much bigger podcasts. It's it's quite eye-opening, the lack of effort that goes into these things. But um, I just like the term grassroots. It also sets expectations. You don't want to say, well, we're all this, all singing, all dancing, Mm. new version of IGN. And they go, well... You're not. Independent is an important term, though. Mm. I like the independent because we're not affiliated. We're no. not financed. Not our choice. Just that no one wants to. Yeah. No one wants to finance or affiliate. I mean, if someone does want to finance an affiliate, we can happily remove that we'll, term. We'll have some conversations for sure. See how much we can we get. Can just out call of it. A, we can call it a grassroots endeavour. Well, it's technically exactly. even grassroots. Then, if we got funding, it's just yeah, an endeavour. Exactly. And then at that point, mm. you might as well shut the whole thing down. But. No, yeah, completely independent. We do bar all our games. We just play what we want to play. Mm. I don't think anyone plays anything because they feel like they need to do something for the podcast. But um, I don't know. Well, Arceus is still lurking, right? Yeah. You think, well... That's got to be done, some say. And then, mm. really, the the opinions we give on the games are always late. It's always just in time of our, our how we're doing it. But that's how most people play these bloody games. So maybe it's, mm. maybe it's useful for people. Or they just like the idle chat. Um if you want to hang out of us, actually, whilst we play games, twitch.tv slash dimpdigital, you can go there, drop us a follow at least, because it will notify you when we go live. And if you want to, you can subscribe to support us that way. Um, and if you've got Twitch, so if you've got Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. I say free, but you're paying for Amazon Prime, but you'll get a free Twitch membership to the channel, because we are an affiliate over there, as they call it. So that's something to do if you're interested. You may hear more of Logan that way, because he's sometimes lurking in halls... Call of Duty games, although Hall's stuck on that Destiny rot at the moment. So there's absolutely no Call of Duty going on at the, at the moment. It is absolutely firmly on the back burner. I think is that for a lack of is that Call of Duty's fault or just people have gone cold? Uh, on it? It's a bit of both. I think I think people have gone cold on it because they've chuffed um, they've chuffed the updates. I mean, I haven't played it maybe for two going on two months i don't feel like i've played it since february like even it's just 
everything they've done just doesn't appeal to me on there. Um, <laughs> everything they've yeah. done doesn't appeal yeah, to it's, me. Yeah, I mean, it could form a whole <laughs> podcast segment that, but it's, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't even know what's going on. I don't, I've just got no desire to play it at the moment. It's, no. um, I think there was an initial bounce for a few months, obviously when they released it last year and Warzone 2 and sort of figuring out the newness, but they've essentially rolled it back to... Warzone One, and there's even talk now of bringing the original map back and stuff. And I just think, why? Why would I? Why? I already done that throughout lockdown. That was that was <laughs> what kept me through that first period of of COVID. So I think, well, why are we? Why are we going back to that? Like, we talk about United going backwards. You've got COD going backwards now. I mean, there's a lot of people that want that. I mean, I, I don't get yeah. me wrong. That was kind of peak Warzone for me. The original set of guns and the original map and everything. Is, and, is, OG Warzone still out there to play, or has it been mm. shuttered? There's sh- no, to my knowledge at the moment, there's no Verdansk map. So I think you can okay. still go out and play Caldera, um, but they haven't brought Verdansk back. So no. Mm. But I'm pretty sure they're still supporting like Warzone 1. I, I, I don't know whether that's nonsense or not. I haven't tried. No, I don't um, know. I mean,. It'd be interesting to me. I know with Overwatch 2, they basically said Overwatch 1's gone. Mm. <laughs> so. It was slightly different, though, because with Overwatch 2, they basically took everything really from Overwatch 1. And then, I mean, it was Overwatch 2 was more Overwatch 1.5 anyway, where it was mm. just built upon and expanded upon what was already there for, for Overwatch. So it's slightly different, whereas what they did for Warzone 2 was go. New map, new guns, new mechanisms, and changed a lot of the play style as well. Fucking um, about with things. And then they went, the community went, oh, and they went, all right, you can have it back. And it's like, well, have some bollocks about you. Well, never if you're going to change something, keep it and stand behind it and say, shut up. Frightened, didn't they? Mm. Absolutely frightened. Well, there's a little side effort into into some Call of Duty stuff, which is always appreciated. I assume Rocket League's picked up the slack there for you, or maybe well, Football Manager. Or... I mean, there's been a bit of Football Manager. I've been having a little break lately because I just feel a bit overwhelmed by what's on the Pilates, on the old plate. As I'm still trying to work through Harry Potter. I was going to say, got... Alec, what's going on there? I got annoyed at it. Like, <laughs> I needed a little break from it. it felt, I just got stuck in this what felt like this repetitive loop with it, and it was just boring me. Um, but you were trying do, to do everything, correct me if I'm wrong. You were trying to like, not, maybe not 100% it, but doing yeah. all the optional stuff. I wonder if that yeah, 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 eventually took yeah. its toll on you. No, I mean, you just, the, the game itself, you find yourself, it's, there's a lot of goose chasing. The map is huge. Yeah. It's, it can feel, over, feel overwhelming. Um, but I just found myself in, a, in what felt like a very familiar loop with a lot of stuff. And I was just like, I just need to take a little step back from it. Get out of this. And then when I did turn it on, the mission that I was doing glitched out, which annoyed me. Um, but so I had to reload my save and go through that again. Yeah, and I just haven't picked it up for the past few days. But that's lurking. God of War in the back of my mind. Still want to complete Arceus. Got Pokemon <laughs> Violet for my birthday. Yes. Um, oh, yes, I forgot about that. So it's just there's just a lot lurking at the minute, um, mm. and I'm not I'm just procrastinating. Yeah, not doing any of it. Easier said than done. I've, I'm now full time back on Persona Five Royal. Mm. I'll um, 
what I will do is I experimented with Resident Evil 4 like I mentioned earlier I was playing through yeah. that because I wanted to play it and whatnot. I am actually now just going to play Persona 5 Royal till completion before I start anything new now yeah. I, I say that now I could quite easily get sucked into something but yeah. I think part of the reason why I was sort of half assed in both of them is because I had two of them on the go and I've been very yeah. disciplined for the last year or so where just doing one game finishing it then moving on Mm. But the excitement of Resident Evil 4 got the better of me. And then I was like, they're quite, yeah. they're two very different games. So actually, they shouldn't get in each other's way. But just mentally, sometimes I was a bit like, uh, yeah. which one do I be tricky. doing here? So yeah. I'll go back to my tried and tested method. It'll mean I'm a bit slower. It'll mean I'm going to have to be super disciplined if, if something new mm. comes out that I really like the look of. And I've not finished Persona 5 Royal. But I think yeah. I'll get the best out of the games that way. I'll enjoy them to their full potential. Mm. Um, I know you're much more of a buffet man, you know, having a few things on the plate at a time yeah. of different, different degrees. But... Getting stuff done, um, but I've just found myself in a in a tricky situation where Harry Potter's taking much longer, and I'm still conscious of some of the stuff I've got on the back burner. Mm. Um, so I think I'm going to try and make some better progress. I feel like I'm. I don't know. I say the thing is, there's a way of judging your progress on Harry Potter, and I'm basically, I'm more than fifty percent through the story. But in terms yeah. of where I'm at in the story, I'm basically fifty percent through, and I'm conscious of that. And I think that's what's weighing on my mind is it's still a long time. I to know, go. yeah. Um, but maybe what I need to do is just go full blast on the story, <laughs> get that done, and then tick off some of the side stuff if I want to do it later. But um, yeah, I need to start clearing some stuff off the old plate i think just to free up the runway slightly yeah absolutely well let's talk about i mentioned earlier there's been a, a few games released in the old fantasy gaming league let's just check in on the scores of those and at the end i'll run through the ramifications for the the table itself so uh what we've got here we've got advanced wars one plus two reboot camp from Nintendo. Interesting this one because this was due last year and then mm. Putin got all froggy and yeah. Know, caused that fucking conflict which has cost us all energy prices and countless lives unfortunately as well and Nintendo yeah. thought well this game is about war and you know, it's, it's a turn based it's not a realistic military shooter but it's like a turn based war type game and they felt at the time it would be insensitive to release it apparently the war's over because it's it's time to release it mm. now so they they clearly... Call of Duty didn't give a shit they just yeah. went here's our next instalment off you go and everyone went yep thank you no I mean, there was a time last year when it just started. I can see why you might have a different outlook. But, you know, they, the way they set their stall out was uh, it being sensitive to release it whilst this is going on. And now it's like, we're well, still happening, but we yeah. kind of need to recoup some money here. So we're going to chuck it out. And yeah, the morals at some point go out the window. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Alan in the boardroom says that's, he's had a year off now. Mm. We need to just get that in there. So that's come out. That's in Hall, Hall's Grand Prix team. It's sitting on 81. It's been up and down a little bit. It's been as mm. high eighty and a, and a low, uh, sorry, a high seventy and a low eighty. But it's on eighty one at the moment, which is lower than I was expecting. I thought this would be eighty five plus, just because people seem to love the originals, and mm. it's like, what can you do wrong really here? Um, but eighty one's not bad. But I think Hall himself would have been thinking, well, I'm hoping for more out, especially because he had it last year, and then. Had it again mm. this year. 
and it's it's only ended up on that. But here's what the critics have got to say. We go to Open Critic and just read the blurb that's provided on there for the most popular um, reviews as as ranked by Open Critic. So we've got Jarda Griffin from IGN, eight out of ten. Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp, so awful name, is a great return for this long neglected, neglected, neglected series. While there isn't much variety in the game modes, depth comes from the number of variables you can adjust to make every match feel unique. So they're loving it in a way. Metro Boys, your favourite. Now we know the yeah. Nintendo fans though. I mean, I've, I've called this out before. David Jenkins named this time. So the D-man at the top of the tree. An excellent remake of one of the best strategy games of all time. That, oh. is, ex- that is accessible and... Ver- this is what I was saying. This is what I was expecting more of to see. Mm. Best of all time. Wow, here's the modern version. That is accessible yeah. and versatile as an action game, but has some of the most deceptively deep tactical combat ever seen in a console release. Nine out of ten. So that Nintendo fan tag ain't going anywhere soon, is it? No, apparently not. Not for old David. He always comes out for the Nintendo stuff, does Jinx. <laughs> Names himself. Names himself for that and then chucks yeah. it to the freelancers if it's anything he's not interested in. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then we've got Josh Broadwell from Game Informer. Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp might not include much new material but it presents a strong case that that classic games don't always have to change to be relevant again. Sometimes they just need a second chance. 8.5 out of 10. Wow. Wildly, widely positive there. Um, yeah. But obviously I mean, it has to be said as well, like an 81 and an average basically of an 8 out of 10 yeah. across the board ain't, yeah. ain't anything to be sniffed at. But as we no. always say, for that fantasy gaming league... You kind of want more. You always want more. But for yeah. a, a general game, you're correct. That's that's pretty good. Hall has had another game come out. He's had a bit of a flurry here. Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores. Now, this was on the menu for me to just get on day one. <clears throat> but given that I came to the conclusion that playing two things at once wasn't working for me, it's I've put a pin in it. So this is the DLC for Horizon Forbidden West. I'm absolutely 100% going to play this at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to clear the runway first with with Persona 5 Royal. We've got IGN coming in first. Simon Cardi. It's got an 80 score overall, I should say. I don't know if I said that. Anyway, a couple mm-hmm. of poor boss battles aside, Burning Shores is a great new chapter with enough creative new bells and whistles to keep Horizon fans more than happy. 8 out of 10. So he's going on the bosses there. Be interesting to see what that is and whether that's just poor ability from the from the writer. You know, you have to query it sometimes, <laughs> didn't you? Have they just struggled and not read something, read not read a tooltip or a tutorial, or not listened to? I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've yeah. done it before. Struggled through something and then someone says, "Well, didn't you hit the weak point on the?" And you're like, no. Oh, it clearly says it, and then you go back and look at it, and you're like, "Yep, yeah, it did." But in the moment, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Still clawed itself an 8 out of 10, which is good. Mm. The sixth axis is next. Just says Tough Cub. I'm assuming they're using handles now. That's like a streamer name to me. Yeah, I don't like that. Ain't Simon Cardi, is it? Tough Cub. Mm. Mm. Takes away the credibility as well, Well, I'd say. Well, this is open critics. Listen, it is their most popular. Anyway, (laughs) top critic as well. Burning Shores is exactly what you'd expect 
with even more of solid with even more solid horizon gameplay wrapped around a story that initially seems quite frivolous but soon becomes very dark and uncomfortable if you loved horizon forbidden west you will love this too 8 out of 10 hmm. i mean yeah that's probably what you'd expect right you'd hope so <laughs> Alvaro Alonso, Hobby Consolales. So this must be translated from Spanish. It is. <laughs> so I don't know how this will read. Sometimes the auto translation is not great. Burning Shores is a great expansion that, <laughs> that you will love if you liked Horizon Forbidden West and serves as a preview of what they are capable of doing in Guerrilla Games when they work exclusively for PS5. After this, we are even more eager to know what the future holds for Aloy. That's a good little summary there from... Alvaro, because it, it's it's important to note this is for PS5 only this DLC, mm. which is not common. <laughs> Usually, when you do a DLC pack, you go right, get that on every platform the originals on, so we can maximise mm. results. But Gorilla have said, let us try this. There's some things we want to do that we feel we won't be able to do if we've got to scope the PS4 version in. And um, Alvaro saying it's a good preview. That's exciting to hear for me. Mm. And it's um. It's an interesting choice, though, don't you think, to do that? Yeah, I don't know. if It, it does seem a bit odd, doesn't it? If you're going to do the original game, you feel like you should do the DLC as well. Yeah. Um, but as you say, it's, you know, I, it's easy for me to say because I've got a PS5. It's yes. like you want, you want them to be making the most out of what you've paid for. And we've long <laughs> said that you feel like they're not doing that when they're catering for the older consoles yeah. and we definitely feel like that when they're catering for that bloody series s um <laughs> but yeah it, it, long may that continue i think yeah absolutely. it's a weird position for us to take because we should be there for all gamers no irrespective no. but <laughs> fucking get one now it's there you can get them mate Pete, it's cost of living crisis you gotta they're all down the pub up. still <laughs> I've seen them Fridays and Saturdays. This is what blows my mind, right? Is that we go cost of living crisis. People can't afford anything. I went down to a car dealership the other day just to have a little look around. Um, and there was, I was chatting to some guy outside. He went, oh, I wouldn't come in. It's rammed today. I was yeah. like, cost of living crisis. How's everyone buying a new car? And he went, oh, it's all finance, isn't it? I was like, pack that in. Yeah. Can't afford bloody eating bills, but we're buying cars. What are we doing? I could do with a new car. It it's goes, a problem. But, but it, it's a shit a market at the moment. It's meant to be expensive. I don't know what's It is going expensive. On. Well, I don't want that. No, neither do I. <laughs> you go what you do. Yeah. Just either don't get one or get one, I guess. Take, yeah. take, take the plunge. That's, that's the rule. And deal with it. Anyway, Burning Shores, I'm looking forward to playing that. And yeah, I'm interested to see if they've done what they have done with the PS5 that perhaps they couldn't do with the PS4 in scope. Yeah. It's an interesting observation going back to it because you think, well, what, as you say, what have you noticed there that you go, oh, yeah. they wouldn't have done that if that was PS4. That's a really tricky thing, I think, to, and also, to identify. There's always a chance that in eight months' time they go, and here's a PS4 version of it. And you go, well, they just ran out of time. They just they just did the PS5 one first and then spent the rest of the time doing that. And in yeah, which case. 80% have already got it on PS5, so we don't need to do that. So maybe it's more of a. You know, nobody's bloody got it, so why bother? Yeah, 
But um, mm. be interested to see what happens there. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. jump into it. Hopefully this year. I mean, if I don't get to it this year, then I've done something badly wrong with my scheduling. That's all I'll say. 16 quid, like it's a pretty reasonable price. Yeah, and yeah. By the time I get round to it, it probably would have been on sale at least once. So I may well have snatched it up then. So mm. looking forward to that. We then move on to Dead Island 2. So this is in Biff's Grand Prix team. Yeah. Long plagued game. This has been in development for like a decade it's been rebooted. It's, I think it's been given to three different development teams. And at some point, someone in the boardroom should have just said, let's get rid of this. What are we doing? I mean, Dead Island, the original, whilst it was interesting, in my opinion, and I played a good portion of it, was mm. sort of like a prototype for what Dying Light became. Because Dead yeah, Island yeah. originally was developed by Techland, who then mm. went and did Dying Light on their own. Yeah. This Dead Island is not developed by Techland. It's developed by... Um, oh, sorry, Dead Island 2 is not developed by Techland. It's developed by um, Dan Buster Studios. But it's been, as I said, it's been passed around. Like, no yeah. one wants it. And it's done by a completely different team. I didn't realise there was any cachet left in Dead Island, to be honest. I was surprised to see this still going. But to be fair, they just they got it out. And it's sitting on a 75, which is no real disgrace. It's not ideal no. on a fantasy gaming term. We always say 80 is the sort of watermark you want to aim for, but mm. a 75 game is still good. It's clearly going to come with some, probably some issues that, that people have found, but we'll look through a couple of the reviews now. We've got Travis North Northup, sorry, from IGN, our mate from the uh, Hogwarts game. Mm. So he's back on it again. Dead Island 2 is a hilarious gore fest. With competent zombie, a, sorry, a, and a competent zombie slaying adventure, but lacks creativity outside its great sense of humour. Seven out of ten. So last time we saw Travis, he was handing out nines to Hogwarts, and he's dropped well, two off this. I mean, could you play this game? Because it's not a know. horror game as such, but it has got Scrabblers in it. I mean, I. I I largely just stay away from Scrabblers just because it's just the best approach. General rule. I think there's stuff like this, like even when you take like Left 4 Dead 2 and stuff, like I can play it and would play it with other people, but it's not saying that I'd choose to, to pick up and just go, yeah, that's my bag. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't like zombie tropes at all. They're just bored of zombies. A little bit. I mean, I they've it. been done to death, right? I think the one thing that Resident Evil did well we sort of move away from the zombie thing more to the parasite style like because it gives it just more credence credibility and creativity the three c's i've given it there Um, very good but i think people are a bit bored of it i mean it's been around for a while and i think it's been done to death in terms of tv series films and games it's like what do you do new I think that's the how do you keep it fresh? I think that's the trouble with it. Um is is trying to keep it interesting for people. But there's obviously still a market for it, and as we say, like a seven point five out of ten overall isn't isn't a disgrace. No, it is is not a disgrace at all. Then we've got Lewis Parker from PC Gamer. Dead Island Two is hampered by dull design choices, repetitive combat, and a painfully weak story. It's only saving grace being its great performance on PC. And that is something you don't hear that often these days. Right. Lots of problems with PC ports. You know, for the last 18 months I've seen it. It just really mm. is. Even the last was part one. Mm. They've wheeled that out, shite, on PC. It's like, what are you... 
Why? Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. But at least these guys, Dan Buster Studios, got it right. But Lewis Parker is still giving it a 55 out of 100, so he's crapped on it. Subpar, he's saying. Beggars can be choosers. He wants the great PC performance, but then won't give the game the credit. I mean, you'd argue that performance is shouldn't it, you shouldn't get a mark for good performance. A like, good performance should be no, it should be a given the baseline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> argue, you'd probably say arguably he's done the right thing. Yeah. So ain't giving you extra points for that. No. Like, he's mentioned um, it just because it seems yeah. like that's now a fucking rarity that it does perform well on PC, but then yeah, still yeah. <laughs> appropriately mark down the game on its quality. Yeah. So. so it's probably fair. Yeah, fair enough. Well done, Lewis. Turn, turn me around there. And then Metro are back, but it's not Dave. It's Adam Starkey, so a new named... Yeah, maybe a youngster coming into the mix here. New blood. <laughs> new blood being, <laughs> being put in. We'll see if he returns. Mm. A surprisingly lean and mean sequel, which amplifies the bloody thrills of the original in its... Though it's impressive presentation and flexible mechanics, or sorry, through its impressive presentation and flexible mechanics, seven out of ten. I feel like that read more positively than the actual score suggested there. But yeah. like I've said with those guys, they do they do tend to go on the lower end unless it's like Nintendo stuff that's involved. So mm. my main question about Dead Island Two is: it's called Dead Island Two, yeah, yeah. It's set in Los Angeles. That ain't an island as far as my geographic <laughs> knowledge goes. Certainly not. What are we doing? Yeah. I, they've, they've taken some, uh, I'd call that a creative liberty. Now, <laughs> I believe you can get to San Francisco in it, which I believe is more, that's an island in my eyes, I think. It's got that big red bridge. Is it? Well, I guess well maybe it is. Well, yeah, let the yeah. Americans correct us. Someone will come along and do it. But all I know is a big red bridge that goes out to that. Let me Google you quickly. Go- you goggle it and, and we'll see. But the first question has to be, is <laughs> Los Angeles... First thing that comes up is, is Los Angeles safe? No, I'd um, say. Is Los Angeles... Right, I'll put is Los Angeles an. Yeah. The first option is an island. Yeah. So it's been asked before. Mm. I mean, it's not definitive. I, I don't. Know. I'm just gonna look at a map, and if it ain't, yeah. it don't look like I'm. I was expecting a yes or a no, to be honest, and it's. it's not well, that's where you got to get ChatGBT up. Yeah. You've got to get in the habit of using that Bing, getting that Skynet on, on involved because. I'll ask. I'll ask Skynet now. Must be yeah, see around. what it says. Yeah. I'm just so Los Angeles ain't an island, I'm telling you that much for free. I'm looking at the map and it certainly is not. This um no. you've got Catalina Island, which is an essential fish habitat off the coast of Long Beach and Huntington Beach. Um you've got Santa Cruz Island, Santa Rosa Skynet Island. Skynet says no. Skynet. This is what Skynet says. No, Los Angeles is not an island. It is a city located in Southern California, United States. I knew that bit. However, there are several islands off the coast of Los Angeles, such as Santa Catalina Island and the Channel. Yeah. They've stolen the Channel Islands off us. Well, I mean, San Francisco, just for additional clarity, is not an island. Oh. You can, so it's like a it's little... What Skynet says. So it's like the equivalent of trying to... So imagine if they had a bridge from Essex to Kent. Well, they do. Ignore that. Imagine if they had a bridge right. <laughs> from South End 
over to Kent. That's like the equivalent of oh. the San Fran bridge. So you can get you can get to it through other like means. The, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Right, okay. Here we go. Skynet says no. San Francisco is not an island, but a city located mm. on the west coast of the United States. It is located yeah. in the north northernmost tip of San Francisco, Pennsylvania. Peninsula. Pen, what is yeah. that word? Pen, penis. Peninsula. 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 Nah, you don't care what uh, it means. And includes yeah. significant stretches of the Pacific Ocean and San Francisco Bay within its boundaries. So, were they? Yeah, well, yeah. In any case, Dead Island Two, incorrect. Yeah. Whatever way you look at it, I'm glad that I got to the end of the San Francisco one because I always assumed it was just this fucking island that you got on a by a big red bridge. But no, so, I mean, if you haven't been there and you've seen the bridge, you'd assume that you going. need to get. Understandably, Wait, and just for additional should... clarity, go you on. can go. You have to go north from Los Angeles up. I mean, it looks like it's like Interstate Five, it's called or something, and you go all the way up to San Jose. Um, That's where I, I like you... San Jose because they've got the San Jose Sharks, the ice hockey team. <laughs> so That's... Did not expect that. That's my... <laughs> I don't want to go to San Francisco. If you put into Google San Francisco poo map. There's like a tracker which shows where people are shitting the streets there. Apparently, the, I mean, it's we just, digress, but apparently the homeless problem yeah, it's and the awful. crime and everything is just awful there. It's I mean, again, if you've got any listeners, then, then please nice. feel free to clarify because we couldn't be further away. No, no, I don't plan on visiting anytime soon. So <laughs> please do get in touch if that's uh, either incorrect or correct. I'd be happy to know about that. But Dead Island, which isn't Dead Island 2, sorry, which isn't set on an island... Gets a no. 75 out of 100 for Nobody's Mr. brought Biff. that up, though, in the review, which is concerning. They need to So be this that. is where we can add additional value to this process, is by pointing out the obvious. Yes, absolutely. Final game to run through, Minecraft Legends. Big Phil yeah. churning out the first party gold, they're saying. Mm. Sitting I on a 70... I've had this at some point. I don't well, know, maybe well I was... you may have been glad yeah. to not have it anymore, because it's a 73. Mm. Yeah. Now, of all the games that we've just glanced at the reviews for, mm. Advance Wars, Burning Shores, Dead Island 2, Minecraft Legends, I would not have expected to be the lowest rated one <laughs> out of those three, <laughs> out of those four, sorry. Yeah. So I was a bit surprised to see this. And once again, you know, this isn't a big tentpole release for Xbox. It will probably perform very well because kids will want to play this and, you know, mm. whatever. But critically, once again, it's another release that's not perhaps up to snuff. And let's maybe find out and delve into why that might be. We've got Lauren Morton from PC Games, so they're back at it again. An action strategy spin-off that disappoints both genres and misses Minecraft's magic. 50 out of 100. Yeah. Short and to the point. Lauren not happy. Justin Corellis from IGN. Minecraft Legends is an engaging strategy game that capably combines established Minecraft world with a streamlined RTS structure. Couldn't be more opposite to what Lauren just said. Oh, yeah. It's, it's made it, me laugh. But it's still only got itself a 7 out of 10. So it hasn't... <laughs> hasn't it's, it's used the word capably, so he hasn't said it's like stunningly fused yeah, the two. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. capable and... <laughs> It won't yeah. perhaps he weren't too bored. I and mean, if you got it. that in your year end of year review at work, I mean he's capable, you'd go, Well that's I mean I ain't gonna where get are we? <laughs> That'll do, but perhaps not ideal. And then Metro are back again, Metro Game Central, and this time it is just Game Central, so the unnamed intern yeah. that's there lurking. A failed attempt to turn Minecraft into a real-time strategy game that goes out of its way to be as shallow as possible and is made worse by fiddly controls and terrible AI. Five out of ten. 
I mean, the AI, you'd have to say, in any Minecraft game has never been the top no. of... Top of the agenda, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's... Um, I was surprised. I thought that's a shoo-in for an 80-odd, like Minecraft mm. and fusing it. And, mm. But like I say, it's not, a, it's not a majorly important release for Xbox. But again, mm. just when, when it comes to the end-of-year averages, that won't do their, their games any no. favours. And Hopefully, you know. they leave it alone now. I've been always been a bit disappointed. The, the, you know, even when you go back to the Telltale Minecraft story they did, and mm. they've tried to do different things with it, but ultimately the core of its success was always the building, yeah. like the ability to literally build anything. Um, the story and the narrative and the characters was always like never a thing. So they've added this layer to it and tried to build upon it, and it's, uh, it's with, without success in yeah. my view. So I kind of hope they just stop fucking about with this now. <laughs> just go back. Do you to not? The... Do you not think though? Like the, yeah. I mean, it's always difficult to sort of go. I don't need to do anything because it could. T- they could have a masterpiece, but I just want them to leave Minecraft as it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going anywhere. I mean, I was reading the other day that it was like the top five most engaged game engagement on games or whatnot and the usual suspects were like Fortnite, Call yeah. of Duty, Roblox was another one, but Minecraft yeah. was in there as well. Mm. Um, and the thought popped into my head. It was like, oh, two out of those four are gonna end up under Phil's leadership at some point. He's mm. gonna have Minecraft and he's gonna yeah. have Call of Duty if things yeah. go his way. That'll mm. be um that'll be useful to have that in there. But Minecraft's yeah. still still going. I think it's just one of those things that generally <laughs> I say generally because I think there will be adults that play it, but it's you know kids. The audience to... has shifted. Like yeah, my son's playing it and he's been playing it since he was about three and a half. Yeah, like on his on his tablet, and you think it's amazing to me how that shifted from when we used to play it, yep. maybe ten years ago in our twenties, yep. to now being a thing for largely a Youngsters. younger audience. Um, yeah. In the same way that Fortnite shifted to become more of a, a child-friendly game. Yeah. Um, so you think just because it's not reviewing well and it doesn't appeal to me and you, there is still a significant audience that yeah. will play, buy, and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and that that's still surprising. Like, I go around to see my niece and nephew and they tell me about how they've beaten the Ender Dragon. And I'm sort of sitting wow. there thinking, yeah, I did that. And I was like... It wasn't easy. Well, <laughs> it wasn't easy. And I was in my 20s when I did it. So yeah. how are you doing it? <laughs> <laughs> on, an, on an iPad, what's going on? Got to do that wither or whatever it is. That's the that's the real yeah. hard one I've heard. But no, yeah, Minecraft will trudge on, and again, I think they'll continue with these little spin-off tries yeah. because you know money Minecraft probably off. makes so much money on its own that yeah. you kind of like, why not try a different genre? But obviously, this one hasn't hasn't landed in the top echelon. But you know, I'm sure there's there's fun for people to be had if it's something that might interest them. Well, that leaves the Fantasy Game League and the Grand Prix um, like this. Biff is still in the lead. He's got seven games out already. Nearly, nearly done it. He's nearly finished and can put feet up soon. And he's sitting on 533 points, an average of 76, though. So he's not building a... And he's out of it, in my view. Well, you say that, but then look look at the rest of them. I know. You've got Paper, Salmon and Hall in that order next, all on five games, all with averages from 78, 79, 78. So they're not they're not blowing Biff away with you know no. eighty plus games and whatnot. They're all sitting in in the region of three hundred ninety to three hundred eighty odd points. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so even if they were to get on par with with Biff and they they continue that average, they're only going to be a few points above him. Mm. The outlier is Adcock. He's only got three games out, which is obviously a concern because he runs out of steam quite quickly in this competition. <laughs> so he needs that. He needs to be in the Biff seat really, but it's almost done for him already. But he's got an average of eighty four, yeah. um, and he's sitting on two hundred and forty eight of his of his three games. So he's the outlier. If he can continue that, he'll win handedly at this rate. Yeah, but yeah. we know with Adcock that whether he'll he'll just forget about it and then the last transfer window panic. Tom, I call him. Yeah, and he'll just blow it in with some game that I don't. I'm not even sure will exist. So mm. that's a concern for him. And then we've got Adkins still hasn't had a game released. It's unbelievable, really. <laughs> Nothing in the first third of the year. No, incredible. No, quarter really. blower. Wow, almost. It will. It will be yeah, at the so end of this yeah, month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking that, and I was like. Mm. Yeah, but April, four into 12, yeah, first, third. That means everything, 10 games in the second. And we know that December is a write-off. Yeah. So he's got to get everything out between May and November in six months. Yeah. Interesting. His first, his first game will be that Tears of the Kingdom. So that'll, mm. his average will probably go to I mean, that's, eight immediately. That's, yeah, I mean, that's an absolute banker. Yeah. Um, but interesting. Has he ever won it? No. Interesting. Not. He should have done, but he hasn't. Mm. He's never won it. It's a chance. Think for him. It. Yeah. If setting the pace with mid seventies as averages, it's, <laughs> the door's open for someone just to walk through it. Really, what was it that he chuffed it on that's really hurt him? There's one that really hurt him, wasn't there? That was in the sixties or something somewhere, if I remember rightly. What last oh, year? Last... Or... No, this year, uh, Biff and his average. Oh yeah, he got a deliver us Mars, which got a sixty-seven. That's it. That, yeah, that has yeah. not helped him. But he's got Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Street Fighter Six. And he's mm. got this weird one, only road to be the mightiest, which will be another 60-odd if he's not careful. So mixed bag for him. But that's the, the score on the doors. The, the championship game is sort of stalled lately. There's not really a lot going on between you and Parkett. It's all very much no. holding pattern. But it will kick off starting soon because we've got Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Zelda for you coming, yeah. um, Final Fantasy 16 in June and whatnot. And then Parky will have Diablo in June, don't know when Hollow Knight's due. Should could come at any mm. time, and then that's it that I know of. But we'll all catch everyone up when those scores arrive. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do for this segment of the podcast. We will transition out. I'm going to put in Biff's chat with me about VR, uh, about the the Meta Quest and um, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners that he played. That he really seemed to be bigging up in the chat. So we'll see with that that translated into a full game experience and how much he enjoyed it by the time he got to the end of it but it's a vr heavy conversation i mean i mentioned this last week biff's audio is awful um so i apologize in advance i almost threw it away but i thought i'd feel bad on biff giving up his time and just throw it in the bin but i will have to buy him some sort of wireless headset i think just it's unbelievable it It really is we're we're at this point where We've been doing this for so long and audio is still... It's got worse by some people. Yeah, I still remember Hall when he used to get his wired yeah. headset and he used to have like his mic on there and he'd just be sitting there like fucking about with yeah. it. And Adcock used to be bad as well. He used to scratch on his beard. Yeah. You could hear that squabbling and I was like, for goodness sake. So <laughs> next time I'll have to get Biff some sort of wireless headset to use, but he's there to mm. talk about that. We're actually off next week because it'll be Whoa, bank holiday. Bank holiday. And we got an extra one this year. We got two, so this is going to be a blower for the for the viewers. No, I like it. I need more time off. So we got no. We'll be so we'll yeah. So Monday we'll be here. Next Monday 
is a bank holiday. That's the May Day bank holiday. And then the week after is another bank holiday for the coronation of the king. So we get two weeks off. Yeah. And then we'll have one at the end of May as well. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, then we've got one on the 29th of May as well, which is a spring bank holiday. Here so, I mean, May is a stinker for the fans. Yes, <laughs> I love it. More time off. Anyway, I'll leave you in the hands of myself and Biff. Apologies for the audio, but um, you'll be able to make out what that clown is saying. Bit of Meta Quest and The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. We will see you on the other side. <laughs> Here we are then, back with some game and hardware impressions to close out this edition of Idle Game Chat. Surprise guest turning up. He only turns up probably once every six months. It's the former FGL champion and former Grand Prix winner, Mark Smith Biff. How's it going? Yeah, mate, not bad, not bad. Uh, Getting it above the water just about, so yeah. Yourself? Yep, can't complain too much. Weather's just starting to turn, so... Should be warm. It's getting hot in this office, so that's somewhat annoying. But then, is it better than being an ice cube? I don't know. Don't know, really. Now, we're here to talk to you about a couple of things. It's to do with VR, virtual reality. Long-time listeners will remember that you were an advocate of the PSVR for about a week. And then (laughs) soon fell off the bandwagon with that. But over the festive period, you snagged yourself a... Is it called a Meta Quest now? It's not an Oculus Quest, is it? They're called Meta Quest yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Okay. And um, it's, they've, I think they've released a newish Pro one. It's not that, is it? It's just a stock Meta Quest yeah, tool, yeah. tool, whatever it Standard is. Yeah. One, yeah. The wireless VR headset from Meta, which is obviously known as Facebook in, in many circles. Um, so, here to give a little bit of an update on that and how you've been finding that, but also to fill us in on one particular game, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, which actually has got some of the better reviews for a VR game because there's some right old dross out there which um, which can concern people. Anyway, I would like you, for those that are uninitiated or new to the, the show and don't really understand what's been happening, brief kind of recap of where you got to with PlayStation VR because... From my abridged version in my head, you went and saw it at EGX, got hands-on with it at EGX, was blown away by it, got it that Christmas that it came out, um, had it for a few years and it eventually ended up getting traded and sold. So it obviously didn't have any staying power. But from your perspective, was VR all it was cracked up to be? Because you sold the headset in the end and now we're, five years later we're sitting here with another one. Yeah, so... Uh... I quite like VR. I think it's it's quite good. It's just something a bit different. Um, strangely enough, I actually think it's, even though it's going to sound really counterintuitive, it's quite a social thing. Like, when people are around, right, yeah. I sort of got the VR headset out, and then everyone had a go at it, and it was you'd watch someone play it, watch someone get scared, da-da-da-da-da. Um, and then when I was on my own, I found I didn't play it as much. Because um, yeah. it was just aggro. It just, just it had, so I was like, oh, I've got to put the fucking thing on, and then play the game and then it got quite hot um yep. especially in the winter if you've got the heating on like you know some other family members might be cold but you're not and selfishly you know they won't have the heating off while you're playing vr so no, i did won't. find it a bit hot yeah i found it a bit hot and clammy in places um i still think it was good but 
uh, it just it run pretty thin more pretty thin pretty quick to be honest um there wasn't anything on it that you'd play that really sort of engrossed you into the game and made you sort of go back and, and play it, that story driven sort of stuff it was more mm. just showing off what the vr headset could do um and it was impressive and i think everyone that come around and had a go at it you had a go in it and yeah. everyone was sort of impressed by it and thought it was pretty decent but no one actually bought it so i think it showed you it wasn't that decent no, it wasn't cheap back in the day either. As much as we no, rag on the PSVR too being expensive, the the original PSVR wasn't far off that. Um, when you got all the tracking camera that you needed to have and and the move controllers, which were not essential, but for some games they were. But in general, you would want those. Was the ag of setting that up also a factor? Because you had, if I remember correctly, you had a, you had a camera you had to have on top of the telly at all times, you know, to track your movement. The the move controllers were these little fucking like sex toys or a lollipop depending on where you want to look at it and um then you had the cable which was fine but you also had a pass-through box that the headset plugged into then that plugged into the tv it always seemed like a rigmarole you get now i always felt sorry you'd like you'd say oh, does anyone want to go on vr and they'd say yeah and you sort of sigh i could see your little head was getting stressed thinking i've got to settle this up and then pack it away again was that also just an aggravating factor that you think well if i want to play this thing i'm gonna to have to put all this crap in rewire it all and, and get going and hope that the tracking's stayed from last time because the camera might have moved yeah it was it was a bit of aggro um, like you say there was there was a lot to it and by the time we got it all out it was like right if this goes away don't say in half hour oh I have <laughs> yeah. to plan it again because fucking ain't coming back out again once it's gone away it's gone away um, but that was part of it it was it was a lot of aggro you had to sort of think uh, it just was. It was. It just was hassle, basically. Um, mm. But once it was out, it weren't too bad. And then once everything was set up, it was pretty good. And sometimes I'd leave it sort of laying in the lounge because it was all set up. And then obviously Vic would moan and be like, "Put this shit away." And yeah, you know, blah, blah 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 blah. But yeah, it was. It was a bit of aggro to set up. It's a good point actually because actually it had to be plugged into a the console and a TV. So when we get onto the Meta Quest, which we'll, we'll get onto, that can go anywhere. So you're not restricted to taking up a lounge or a second room just to put VR on. You can sort of hide away and do it wherever if you wanted. Out in the garden, maybe now it's not raining. That could be a little thing for you to do. Little neighbours looking yeah. at him. What's, what's he doing? But um, what were some of the highlight of the games that you played on, on the PSVR? Like some of your favourites? Or was there any? I, I mean, there was, no, there was no Half-Life Alex back then. It didn't come to PSVR. Um, but uh, was there anything... That you thought, yeah, this is this is top draw. Um, so the, the 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 best ones I played on PSVR, there's one, I think there's one called the Getaway. Um, I think you had a go on that one where you, it was like a gun game and using a car and you had to shoot. Out London Heist, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. I think it, yeah, London Heist. Yeah, the Getaway was. was like a open world I'm game back in the day on the PS2. Oh, right, and okay. there was a Getaway chase in it. Yeah, you're right when you're in yeah. the car. So that was one of them. There was also a Batman Arkham game mm. where you would be in his house, um, like Bruce Wayne's house sort of thing, and I, I quite like that. That was quite good. You could use a grapple gun and things like that, and it whip you from place to place. Yeah. Um, there was another one. I've forgotten what it was called now, and he was on an alien planet, and you actually had to put the, the move controllers into a rifle. Yes. And you actually held a yeah. rifle. Um, that was pretty good, but um, it shortly went after that. After I got that game, so I didn't play that for that long. It wasn't obviously that good because uh, I only went for it once, um, yeah. and it was pretty bog 
bog standard, just something pop out and you shoot it sort of thing. But um, yeah, it, one of the one of the problems with it as well was that because the wire was always attached to you, you never sort of really felt that into the game because you were you would sort of forget where you were and then be brought back to you turn your head and then you'd feel the pull on the back of your head yeah. of the wire and it would sort of bring you back down to earth and think oh i'm on a vr headset sort of thing and i remember doing that with the when you had the rifle you turn your head like that and it would always I remember it just plugging away a little bit was a bit of annoyance yeah that is that is definitely something that i've i experienced when i had the oculus rift plugged with the pc um and yeah, one of the solutions there was to turn round so that you're not facing the TV or the monitor, so the, the the cable's always just dangling straight back to where the where it's plugged in. But you'd obviously get spun round playing these games. It's funny when you take your headset off sometimes. You think, "Fuck me, well, how do how do I end up getting over here?" But yeah, the 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 cable I could I always felt was an annoyance on the Oculus. Um, but the of oh, the gun game was Farpoint, I think. So I remember you gave me a go of that and it had a little gun yeah. attachment with it. Did you ever suffer any sickness of sorts? Did any games turn your stomach, or did you? Was there like a cap on like you play for like? Because some people find it that they can play for an hour and then they start to feel a bit off, and then they take it off and they, they start feeling better. But was you you got iron guts, or was you sometimes turned upside down by some of the stuff on there? I remember Riggs done it to everyone well, almost, other than Logan. That mech game. Yeah. <laughs> what was that game? Riggs. Riggs, I think it was called. It was a demo that you had on the. Um, on some PlayStation, I mean, you, you was in like a, you got into like this big like mech thing, almost like what Ripley gets into in Aliens, and you're running around yeah. on a fucking map. And I remember it just absolutely turned everyone's stomach. And then Logan of all people sat there and was like, "Nope, that's fine for me." Cast eyes. Yeah. Um, that I remember that one did it, and there was another one where you was on. Um, it was like a, sh- a horror shooting game, and you was on a roller coaster, and you sat in one of the oh. carts, and the cart went round the track. And Un- until yes. dawn, wasn't it? it was was like that until, it? Was it I until think, dawn? I think it was until dawn. Rush of blood to the head. The spin-off. Yeah. Oh, that. If, if you played that for more than fifteen minutes, because everything's moving so fast, it was just like <laughs> sensory overload. Like I remember feeling well rough, like like hungover, sort of rough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't really. Um, like after an hour, I felt sick because most of the games I was playing weren't that long anyway. I mean, I think you could complete the whole of Batman in sort of not not that long, and the, that London Heist again wasn't that long a game. And yeah. Farpoint, it, it was more that you just get bored and think, "Oh, fuck this! I'm going to just turn this off after like 45 minutes, sort of thing." I don't think I ever played it for more than like an hour and a half, no. so I never really got like uh, fatigue from it, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, just those couple of games that made me feel rough with the motion sickness. That's fair enough. So eventually we get to the stage where it's sold and it's got rid of the PlayStation VR. And then at that point, I'm sort of sitting there going, well, that's it now for Biff's VR experiment. The the promise of virtual reality did not deliver for him. He probably had a bit of fun with it, but had to had to sell it in the end because he weren't getting much use out of it. And then little benign to me, suddenly this Meta Quest is rocking up on doorsteps and being asked for. It's not just a random present. It's been put on some sort of list and it's come through as a festive gift. What what made you go back to this world? Because I assume the door was completely closed after PlayStation VR. I mean, basically, what I should also... One, it helps that if you don't pay for it yourself sort of thing. So I didn't pay... <laughs> right. The first PlayStation VR, I didn't pay for that. My big bought me that. My missus bought me that as a Christmas present. 
Yeah. And uh, the MetaQuest. Did you get, well, did you get the like, profits when you sold it? That went straight in your back pocket, yeah, did I mean, it? Yeah, yeah. I, think I, bought an X, I think I bought an Xbox for that. So <laughs> you, you don't ever forget that. Um, but uh, I was like, asked what I want for Christmas. And I was thinking, what do I want? And I saw the Saints and Sinners game. And I'd also seen a Star Wars game. And my little brother, uh, like his missus brother, basically, he had it. And he bought it over. Mm. And just said, I'll oh, have, a, have a go on it for 15 minutes. So I played a few bits of it and uh, I was well impressed, really, really impressed with it. So I was like, oh, if I can sort of get one for Christmas and have to pay for it, it'd be good. So that's basically what happened. Oh, I didn't really know what I wanted for Christmas. And Vic asked me and I thought that would do. And I got one of those, basically. Get myself a Quest a Quest 2 or whatever, whatever the model is. Excellent. So let's get on to the Quest itself. One of the main features of this is that it's completely wireless. You can plug it into a PC. And it allows you to play something like Half-Life Alex and a couple of others. But generally, a lot of the stuff plays without any other assistance. So it's battery-powered and you've got some nice controls this time, not those weird little bobble things. They're like these little meta-touch controllers, which are which are nice. How um, how liberating is it to not have that, that wire just anywhere to deal with? Like not having to feel it, not having to plug it in. You simply just pop the headset on, providing it's charged, and we'll get into that as well. And then you're off. Uh, it, it's um, totally different. Like you, you lose yourself within seconds. You totally right. forget where you are. Like when you say, "Oh," uh, sometimes you turn around and you'd lose where you were in a room. You, you are. You do that within ten seconds. If someone, yeah. it, it's just incredible. Like not having the wire makes such a massive difference. It makes it a much more immersive experience. Um, just not being up. You know, because you know it's not there you can then sort of be more involved in the game a little bit more. You're not like, if you wanted to jump around, you can, because you think, well, there's nothing, I'm not going to pull the white, the TV off the wall sort of thing. No. So how's the, how is the charging on it? Because obviously one of the things people say is, well, you can only play it for 15 minutes, then the charge goes. But is that the case? Do you get a good couple of hours out of it? How often have you got to charge this thing? If you, if you play it for an hour and a half, two hours, it'll die. Like, does it give you a warning it, it or does it just shut off? Uh, it does give you a warning. Right. It, I think, it, yeah, it does give you a warning, but it, it does, it will just like, it will say 15% and then 10 minutes later it's off sort of thing. Okay, so um, you better go. And once the first warning comes, you yeah, start wrapping yeah. it up. Um, so the, the battery life isn't the best. Um, saying that, I, I, one of the things I, I don't know if you want me to go into this, but one of the things I don't like about the headset mm. is the uh, wrap. It's really tight. I found it really And you've got a horrible. tiny head. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine some of a normal head. Fucking hell. But it was really tight, really uncomfortable. And after a while, it was like wearing a really tight sweatband. It was giving me like pressure headaches. So oh. I went online and bought a much more comfortable headset. And um, it's like a proper metal one. Yeah. But you can pay a little bit extra and it comes with an extra battery pack. Uh... And they sent me the wrong one. And they sent me one with an extra battery pack on the end. Oh. For no card. So I, I had a right touch. And the battery's phenomenal now. Like when you check it, I play for like an hour and a half, two hours, and it it gives you two battery readings. It gives you the headset and the actual visor yeah. battery in two different things. And I've never even gone into the visor. Like I have it on for two hours with the headset. It doesn't even touch the other battery. That's how good that is. So I would recommend if anyone gets one, get the more comfortable headset with the better battery and you'd have to worry about charging it then. How much would that cost if they didn't send you the upgraded one? Like if you wanted to buy it legit? Uh, I want to say 160, but I'm right. not 100. percent You might need to double check that. I'm afraid. I okay. want to because I, I, I bought it from CEX second hand. So right. Yeah. 
it was it was dirt cheap and it was like it looked like brand new, so mm. I was well chuffed with that. But I think brand new from the MetaQuest website is about 160 quid. Cool. So it can be expensive if you want to start upgrading this thing. Anything else you don't like whilst you're on the negative fault train? Um, once I turned it on, I had it about a week, and I turned it on, and it just was the whole screen was black, and it just said it, it just like an error message come up, and I just couldn't do anything with it at all, and just nothing worked. And I basically went online and said, "Oh, it needs a whole." reset and i had to just because you obviously have to set up a meta account yeah that's your phone your phone links to the thing you can obviously buy things on the app i had to reset the whole lot the whole thing had to be shut down restarted again so i lost all my memory everything i'd set up all my sort of settings surroundings everything had to be reset cool. and uh someone said i oh, want to get that i saw online in the forum that what he said i oh, want to get that once if you, you can get it two three times you might have to send the headset back but that would it never happened again. It was just that first week. I had to reset the whole thing. Did you lose any game progress with that? Did that go Every, as well? Everything. Everything. Everything, yeah. everything went, yeah. So that is somewhat of a, a frustration yeah. um, when when stuff like that happens. With the um, with the room scaling, because you kind of, at least on the Oculus Rift, you would I'd put it on and then it would say, oh, look around and draw. Because it would have a camera, like a pass-through camera that looks forward so you can see, see your surroundings. And you draw out basically where you want it to stay in a safe zone. And then if in game you got near the edges, a little red like grid would come up and you'd be like, oh, I'm near a wall here. I better step back. Um, that was because, and I was in a fixed room all the time um, and it didn't have any camera assistance. It was inside out tracking like the, like the quest. But does that tend, if you're playing in the same room each time, does it kind of remember accurately how your room's set up? And or is that something you have to kind of fiddle around with every couple of times you put it on? So no, it's exactly the same. So you draw around the room, yeah, and then it will uh, when you get close to the walls or close to anything, it goes red to show you you're close. But something I've been really impressed with, I play it downstairs in the lounge, upstairs in a spare room, yeah, and it remembers when I'm in each room, and it remembers. It knows. It knows, yeah. yeah. And then also sometimes Clever. when you're in the room, if like something's moved it will come up and flash up, say, do you know the room isn't clear sort of thing? So then you can go and, and moan at Vic and say, you fucking left that chair out. I've noticed it. Now, yeah, yeah. the Meta's lost you in the quest. Yeah, basically, something's moved. It will tell you that the, the setup that it was before is not the same as what it was. It's really impressive. Oh, that's quite clever. It's even got multiple rooms, because I guess... Yeah, I don't know how many rooms it remembers, but it just upstairs and downstairs, and it knows the difference. It knows what room I'm in, which I quite like. Yeah, because I don't think that would happen with the Oculus because it would just it would assume that I'm always in the same room because it's a wired device. Whereas they've obviously fought ahead of this and think, well, people might use this in other spaces during their room. It's kind of the advantage of it. So that's really smart and clever. The Oculus Rift never used to fucking remember either. It used to drive me nutty. Every three times I put it on, it go, "Can you now redo your player?" I'm like, "Why? Like, nothing's changed. This room stays completely still." But that's me moaning again about the quest. Anything else about the hardware itself that's impressed you or not impressed you? Um, I, sh- I assume the controllers are light years above the little bobble stick PlayStation Move things. I don't know how much yeah, they yeah. how much they add to the games. Have got if they've got finger tracking or anything like that on them. They're, they're unreal. How good they are. Yeah. Um, so when you play like uh, the Saints and Sinners Walking Dead, you have like two fingers at the bottom of the triggers, two fingers on the top, and then you have your thumb, which you use controllers and the buttons. Yeah. And if you are if you take your hands like that, he will open his hands like that. 
Yeah. And then if you go to the two bottom ones, he'll use his two bottom ones. And mm. you can make a fist. You can do thumbs up, point like that. And yeah, exactly. Middle finger. It's, I don't even do the middle finger, but you can, you know. It's Give it all that. <laughs> Doing a wanker but sign for the audio uh, people. It, it is incredible how um, how it just knows that even if you're not touching the button, even if it's just on loosely on the button, it will know what's what. Um, something else is really good. I don't know if your Oculus had this, but it has a camera in the front. So if you double tap the headset, it will just take you so you can see where you are. That's it, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, the PSV, I never had that. And that was also a, always a frustration because you you'd lose yourself and you just turn the headset off to, to reset yourself with this. You just double tap it. Go and answer the door as well, can't you, if that rings? Go and collect your Amazon yeah. delivery. Have you done that yet? Yeah. No, but I just thought I'm not. I can't be that guy. But the thing is, because you're all hot and sweaty, you take it off and you've got like a big red line around your face anyway. So if you answer the door, some people go, what the fuck have you been doing? You've been snorkeling or something. But yeah. Might have a pool in the back garden. Garrison privilege and all. Anyway, um, anything else about the hardware of the of the Quest that you want to mention, either good or bad, that we haven't we haven't touched upon? Uh, no, not really. I think that, like I say, the, the 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 handsets really do add to it. They're really good. Um, amazing battery life on the on the handsets as well. There's got I think it's two AA batteries in. They've been the same AA batteries I've had since I've had it, and oh. I must have played it for like I don't know thirty forty hours. They're just good. they're still going strong. So yeah, that's pretty handy. Yeah, that is that is, time, that is the advantage of having to double it because I have the same because obviously you've got a PS5 that dual sense will last you know it lasts about eight hours of me people keep saying oh, it only lasts an hour but I've never had it die that quickly but when I put the Xbox control that's powered by AA batteries only and that lasts 30 40 hours like it really does yeah but then you're probably killing the environment by throwing all those batteries away in the bin so <laughs> swings and roundabouts sorry I cut you off there you're about to go somewhere else um, yeah, so obviously uh, that's really good. I forgot what I was going to say now. It's gone from the end. Uh, Happens, doesn't it? No, it's gone. Yeah. Well, hardware's good. If it pops on you, we can come back to it. Um, I wanted to anchor the rest of the, wait, well, most of the conversation left around one particular game that you've been play, playing. It's the one game that you've been telling me about and been clearly impressed with. So I wanted to touch upon this so we can get some insight into what this is. And it's The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. This is the first one. There's actually a chapter two, which has recently come out. Um, and people might see this and say, well, if that's chapter two, the first one must be about a five-hour chapter. Like, they'll, they'll assume it's going to be short, episodic titles. But I don't think that's the case here. Skydance Interactive and Skybound Entertainment, they actually own the rights of The Walking Dead as a series and other media types. But this is a few years old, this one. Nonetheless, you've been talking uh, talking this one up. Tell me why this is, from my perspective, seems to have resonated with you because um, it seems to be the one game that you've been chatting about and playing the longest as well. So, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, talk to me. Yeah, so um, it's uh, just just really, just incredible, basically. Um, Graphically, (laughs) obviously not the best thing in the world. Um, It's very similar to the sort of... um, What's the Walking Dead sort of games that you played, the Telltale ones? Yeah, yeah. The graphically, it's like that, sort of quite cartoonish. Okay, um, yeah. But you sort of, it doesn't really matter because once you're in it, you're so involved, and it's, the story's pretty good. I must admit, I, I had a. Um, I'll just like let you know because I've had a, a, a new baby recently, 
um, I had to take my headset off and then have to go and deal with the baby, put the headset back on. So you sort of lose the story a little bit and I had to skip a few little bits, but you do become quite involved with some of the characters, some people you like, some people that don't like, different factions, things like this. Hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's sort of uh, really intuitive as well. Like, you think, I wonder if I can do that. And it, the game doesn't tell you. And you think, for instance, if like a zombie's walking towards you, yeah. and I was sort of stabbing them with a screwdriver, and I was like, oh, I'm really struggling to get the screwdriver out. And I thought, I wonder if I could grab its head. And then you can just grab its head and just go, Sing, and put yeah. it out in one go, rather than trying to wiggle it out. And it, it's like little bits like that. It, it's just really, yeah, it's fantastic. And it worries you as well how much enjoyment I got from stabbing things in the head. It, made, it sort of made me <laughs> think, fucking hell, this is really weird. I don't know if it's just me, but there's something really satisfying about it because you know it's obviously not real, but it feels so realistic when, when, you're, when you're doing it sort of thing. You, you lose your bearings so quick. So is it mainly is it mainly sort of melee combat or is it mainly shooting or is it a bit of a mix between the two? depending on, I guess, maybe ammo or guns you've got access to. Yeah, so it depends sort of the situation that you're in more than anything. Mm. Um, if you're fighting humans, it, 99% oh. of it... So it's not just be... zombies you're fighting, there'll be humans running around. Right. Yeah, yeah, like I oh, say, okay. there's different factions. The, the zombies are a part of it, but you, you're sort of siding with either one side or another side and certain characters within those sides. Um, and obviously, if you, when you fight the humans, 99% of it is gunplay. Um, there's also sort of grenades, explosives, uh, things like that that can be thrown. There's sort of knives, swords, cleavers. Can you throw knives? You can do, but Uh, that was the worst thing about the game. I really struggled to do it. And one thing I never, you get with the handsets, you get these little wraps you tie around your wrists. And I was like, I'm not using those. And then I I fucking threw one across the room and I was like, right, those wraps are going on. Because you just you just sort of lose yourself so quickly, it's ridiculous. Uh, that's nice. That's nice. So, is it a? Would you describe it as a horror game or an action game, or is it sort of tread the line between the two? Like, does it shit you up a few times throughout the game? I, I would say skin? it's more action. It's not scary, no. but there will be times where you'll hear something and you'll go, "Whoa!" What's that? And as you turn around, it fucking comes out. And it's not that it's trying to make you jump. It's just. Yeah, that person was standing there, and you didn't know they were there. Basically, um, there's certain parts of it that are quite atmospheric. You walk into a house, and you can hear things walking around, right, and you're yeah. like, "Fuck, you know, there's something in here." And at, at the start of the game, you're sort of quite sparse. You, you know, you haven't got a lot of weight. You might have a screwdriver. That might be all you've got. Yeah. So you be quite worrying. But as you go on, you know, you, you've got the tools to deal with anything. Basically, can you headbutt the zombies? That's a weird question. But could you grab them and chuck your head at them? Do you think it would work? Have you not tried it? I've not tried. I'm honest, I've not tried. Um, <laughs> I'd be frightened I'd headbutt the wall or something in that, that in yeah. a flurry and then smash the whole headset up. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if you could do something like that. It, it's really, you know, it's really good um, with things like that. You may well be able to. I'll have to have a look. Yeah. So one thing that always I always get tripped up on or when I've played VR is how movement is kind of done in first-person games. Some... You know, you just have the little analog stick and you walk forwards and that's how you do it. Others let you sort of teleport around, like you sort of point and sort of go and appear there. How does Saints and Sinners handle movement? Are you just got a little stick that you use as you would in a normal game or can you just sort of teleport yourself around to to move? No, it is a, it is a stick um, and you, you walk around using the stick. 
um, you have like a uh, like a stamina bar basically, mm. and you can sprint, and but the sprinting uses the stamina up, and then right. you can't then stab. So it makes you walk quite slowly, so that the feeling of motion sickness is, is basically removed. Right. Um, when you're sprinting, it's basically to get away from stuff. It's not to just traverse the land. It's just to get away when you need to. Um, so yeah, you basically use a stick to walk around, but you're walking quite slowly, and you, it's sort of quite nice. You're at a nice pace. There's certain games that I've played where you move a stick and you're fucking. It's like sprinting across a room, and, you, and the, your brain can't keep up with it because the human body couldn't move that quickly, basically. No. Lovely juggler. This sounds like basically zombie killer simulator. Like it's about as close as you could get to doing it without, yeah, yeah, without doing it. Because all the other games, like the zombie games, you normally, like you can you can like stab them in the head, but you don't actually get hands on them. Whereas this, obviously, you're you get quite intimate with the zombies. I guess they do that on purpose so that they're a bit of a threat. If you don't want to use your ammo on them, you've got to let them get in and then drop a fucking screwdriver in their head. Can you yeah. can you lop off limbs with any? Is there any? You can. Different weapons use different things. So some are more for stabbing, some are more for like slicing. So if you get a cleaver, you can lop the head off, and then you can pick the head up and then throw the head at someone if you wanted to. <laughs> It's, it's insane. Um, I remember doing that in Manhunt. It's like that's an old Rockstar game, and I got this. I remember it's, I never finished it, but it's like a stealth game, basically. And each level, you have to clear out these these horrible bastards, and you hide in the shadows. You pop out, and they had these really brutal executions. They actually got. I think the second one got censored because the executions were too much, and they were a bit bit too brutal. Anyway, they, they got this. I remember I got this wire cutter once, and you could like one of the payoffs was that if you held. The um the execution for a longer amount of time to do a more brutal execution. So I held it to the max once, and he fucking took this bloke's head off, basically with the cheese cutter. And then you could pick up the head and throw it at like the other people around. They'd be like, oh, "I just cut John's head off, a sick bastard." That always reminds me of that when everyone talks about heads being thrown around. But that's. <laughs> do you do it? How would you have been? Oh God! When was Manhunt out? That was like after GTA Three, but not much after. So um, let's have a look. Manhunt game was released in two thousand and three, so fifteen, sixteen. Just too bad. Just of age, start going out there with myself with cheese cutter and (laughs) lopping. Yeah, take people's heads off. But I always remember that. Any any other comment on Saints and Sinners, either positive or negative? It sounds like I've heard good things about it across all the platforms, so I've no reason to doubt that this is a. If you're into the VR space, one that if you skipped thinking, oh, it's just going to be another TV tying shit house, basically, like a lot of games can be when they when they're based on a property. It sounds like this is a, a a good VR game first, and then it just happens to be set in the Walking Dead world. But any other comments or things you wanted to pass on it? Um, well, if you, I mean, if you like The Walking Dead, a lot of it is, is quite linked to The Walking Dead. I mean, there's, oh. there's certain zombies that you can... So basically, as, as you, you enter into a town, and as the time goes on, the longer you spend in the town, you, your watch will beep, and the, a bell will chime, uh, like a church bell, and then more zombies will come. So you have, to get oh. your, you have to get in and out as quickly as possible. And some of the zombies have open wounds. So when you kill one, you can pick up their guts... And then you can rub it on yourself. Okay, and yes, then, yes, yes. Like the Walking Dead theory, it hides you from the zombies, but only for a certain amount of time. 
Nice. So uh, I quite like that. That was quite like a, a little throwback to the thing. Um, a lot of it is how sort of – so you'll have like a right pocket and a left pocket, and you can put two small things in there, so a gun and a knife I would carry. You would have right shoulder, so you pull it, and that would be a double-handed weapon. So that could be a shotgun or a, a samurai sword or a, like a baseball bat, something like that. Yeah. And then on your left shoulder, you'd have a rucksack, and then you can put items into your rucksack. Um, so there's no – there's just literally hundreds and hundreds of items, shoes, trainers, pictures, things like that. And then you take it back to your base and you can dismantle it. And all those, you dismantle all the items yeah. to then create cleavers, guns, bullets, medicine, think food, things like that. They've, they've, and it shows you that when you pick up an item, when you pick up a shoe, it will say, if you break this down, it gives you adhesive, wood. Ah, um, nice. Things like that. So it's sort of like a, it makes you scavenge as well. So it, it's just, yeah. And the, the, the way that it's like you have a torch. So when you have your headset, handset on, I'll try and do it so you can see. If you grab that part of your chest, you, yeah. you'll hold a torch. And then if you put your hand in your right pocket, you can pull a gun. So you can have a torch and a gun at the same All right, time. So it's like context it's sensitive, like, depending on where you put your hands and grab, it'll pull the torch out if it's on your chest. If it's down by your hip, it'll pull your gun yeah. out. And you can sort of... Yeah. And like I say, say, with your shoulder, do that, and it'll pull out a double-handed weapon. Lean and then back. you also have a... On, on your right chest, that's your book, and that will give you a map and your objective and any photos or any clues of anything you need to know. Um, so it's just you, you're sort of walking around, and it just feels like you're just, you know, it's just really clever how they've done it. It's really intuitive and just really natural. Um, yeah. But some, some of the weapons are better than others. Yeah. Um, some are quite complicated. So that, like the shotgun, you just do, like, pump it. Yeah. But there's one that's like a rifle, and you have to sort of, pull the bolt back, flick it so the shell comes out and then push the bolt down and flick it back. And when you've got like, you know, <laughs> 10 zombies coming towards you, that's a disaster. You don't want that thing laying about. No. But it's but quite... also on the weapon Go. as well, there's wear and tear. So... Oh, um, okay. Say if you have a, a pistol, the more you use it, it will jam and then you have to grab the top of it to cock it back and you, you sort of always wear what... You know, as you pull your gun out, you think, "How much life has this gun got left in it?" And yeah. will I need will I need a new one? So it's just really clever, you know, cleverly done like that. I like that. It's got quite a few like game elements in it, like you mentioned about the crafting and you know, the the manual kind of reloading is always interesting to do in VR because it kind of you have to learn. You can't just press a button. You got to learn yeah. what the movements are as you kind of would in in that world and. Weapon durability can be a pain, but I guess in I think in certain scenarios like a a zombie apocalypse or a horror game, they can bring a, another layer of tension there, which is what you're after. Can you replace the weapons or repair them, or once they're completely fucked, is that it? You just you dismantle them and hopefully you'll get a new one later on. Yeah, so you can build you can build certain weapons, um, yeah. and you'll need like the base of the gun. So if you want to build a pistol, you'll find like a pistol base, but it's useless. You can't use it, but you put your rucksack. Um, you can't repair a weapon. Once it's gone, it's gone. Oh, okay. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but you, you can build new ones. And as you get further onto the game, you build so much stock at your sort of base that mm. you're, and, and in your, another thing that's really, really cool in your base, you'll have like a weapons rack. Yeah, and then a medicine rack, and then all your weapons you've made are lined up. And then before you set out, I would go out and put weapons in my bag and medicine in my bag and yeah. like food in my bag. Put my bag on, and then go out and do a level, and then replace the stock once I've been out. So it's quite quite a clever little system there. 
So if you if you took us, they say we took a shotgun out of your rack and right, I'm going with that to this town. And then out whilst you're out in the town, can you like drop the weapon? I don't know if you can like lose the weapon in some way, but would it if you dropped it in the world, would it come back to the base of you still, or would you just lose that one? You'd have to craft it again. Yeah, you'd have to craft it again. That's gone. It won't be there. It won't be there again. Um, the rucksack <laughs> will carry two big weapons. Yes. Yeah. Um, basically two double-handed weapons but things like pistols knives things like that you can store inside your rucksack yeah. and then you can upgrade your rucksack to carry more items nice um, so think of pistols and things like that are, you know they're sort of far away but when you see a good double-handed weapon yeah um you know that's what you want to keep sort of thing nice i like the gamification of it because a lot of the vr games don't tend to have that level of depth anyway they just don't they sort of assume that the experience is, is is enough and you'll just shoot and stab and that'll be enough but to have this other layer to it kind of makes it feel like a a proper game which i think is one of the things that people struggle with with vr in general it's hard to find those games that have that feel like a proper game as well as being in vr There's lots of tech demos aren't there and like smaller experiences that i mean a lot of star wars ones for example is just sort of like two hours long and you just sit in a you know a fire pilot or whatever and then that's the end of it and it yeah. doesn't feel like a full game well, how many hours do you think you spent in this have you finished it uh, yeah i finished i finished the game yeah. um the thing is that i, I don't I, I don't know it's hard to say i would say probably 30 hours maybe Bloody hell. yeah and the thing i'm not saying the game is that long but i just quite like wandering around and sort of faffing around and building the base up and then you know, collecting stuff and, and, you know, making sure I hadn't missed anything. And it's sort of quite enjoyable, you know, doing it. So I, I wasn't really sort of in a rush to get the story finished. I was quite happy sort of pottering around. But in the background, the story's going on. And there's sort of little side missions and things like that to keep you going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really good. But even, like, we talked about the weapons there and, you know, the loading system. But even doing something like eating, like, you, yeah. you when you grab the food, you have to put it to your face. If you hurt yourself... You, you wrap the bandage around your arm like that yep. using your controller and uh, just, just little bits like that. It, like you say, it makes it more in depth. But it, it just, you know, just healing yourself is quite fun. You know what I mean? It makes it instead of just pushing a button and it just doing it automatically. You, you've got to think: is there any anyone around me now? Like, yeah. like you know, you can't do it in combat, sort of thing. No. So yeah. Nice. Any any negatives that you wanted to bring up before we go towards final thoughts? Uh, there was a couple of times where there was one time I got stuck. Um, <laughs> right. like, literally, I, I'd, I'd sort of because you can hush yourself up, yeah, on just like build uh, like boxes and things like that. And I fell down this bit, and I basically I wasn't meant to be in, it wasn't meant to be in this part of the game, and I couldn't get out. <laughs> I, just, I was just like, I don't know what to do now, and I could see like you know, the, the my the floor wasn't where the floor yeah. should be and it just fucking lost itself. So See the I fucking code in the game. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, basically, that's exactly what happens, yeah. Um, that happened a couple of times, but apart from that, not really. There's, there's not really too many negatives with it. Um, like I said, the only couple of bits that I didn't like, some of the weapons were really hard to use, but the bow and arrow is fucking... If you can hit something with a bow and arrow in VR, well done, because I couldn't hit anything. And that's, um, that's, that's significant, because you actually, when we did a little trip once, were top of the leaderboard on a, on a bow and arrow challenge we did, so... Yeah. Couldn't convert it to VR, uh, though. No, no, apparently not. Um, Worthless. Yeah, but... What a little side note is you can use the arrows to stab them in the head, though. So you can <laughs> okay, so they go to use. Arrow, 
shoot the arrow, yeah. So I still managed to get a little bit of use out of it. But yeah, some some of the weapons were a little bit too complicated. But yeah, if you, if you shoot with the arrow and then they die from it, can you go and clip the arrow off their body and reuse it? Is that oh. yeah, yeah? But they do. They they have a life as well. The arrows. Okay, um, yes, they'll break after like maybe three uses or whatever. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're quite good. And there's there's different types of arrows as well. So you can get ones that are like. Um, They've got like a sound on it, so you shoot it, it creates a sound, and all the zombies go over there and piss off uh, and leave you alone. Yeah. And there's like there's loads of little things, like really cool little things. You can get these little robots as well, and you wind it up, and then you drop it, and the robot walks off and then makes a noise, and everyone follows it, and you can go and do something else. Nice. There's little bits like that. They're so so cool. It sounds all positive at the moment, and I have to ask the question about whether or not this will go into the Dimp Digital Gaming Gallery, and as part of your personal um recognition part of your personal exhibition which is full of all sorts in there god of raw ragnarok i think was the last one you've put in there and last year we had the last was part one and a few other bits and pieces sifu which is one of your one of your favorites from last year um horizon forbidden west stray just naming a few that have gone in does the walking dead saints and sinners earn a place into the gaming gallery yeah, I'm, I'm, to be honest, it, I guarantee anyone that plays it, like when you break it down, will have so much fun. Like right. it, it's just, it's so fun to play. It's so good. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely put it in there. To be honest, I didn't even think when you asked me for a game, I didn't even think about putting it in there. But I don't even know when it was released. Because I think it was released quite a long time. 2020, but um, you know, right. there's people that are. Especially now with PlayStation VR two out, there's a little bit of a hype going on around VR and whatnot. Like you know, if that's I think that's been ported over is going to be um, at some point. If it's not, they they probably will do it. But yeah, it's you know, there's no there's no limit on the age of these games. I mean, Adkins reviewed the original Resident Evil four the other day, two thousand five, and he went, "Oh, I'm gonna, uh, I'll, I'm doing it as though I was playing it back in two thousand and five. You know, so you know all the systems back then, whether they were in it or not. And I was thinking, how oh, that you can't he can't remember what happened yesterday." He's trying to fucking. Sorry, he's trying to. Go. You're not meant to be. I'm in 2005. No, he's like, he's like trying to remember what it was like in 2005 to play a game. I was like, he's fucking on crack again. But anyway, it's up to him. Um, you can you can classify Saints and Sinners with either a platinum, gold, silver, or a bronze. Where is it going to go in terms of a classification and an award? Do you know? What? I'd, I'd I'd give it a platinum. Oh! It's gone yeah, top I know top strong. banana. But. I, I guarantee if anyone played it, I think you'd really struggle to be like, oh, it wasn't my sort of thing. Like it's got like so many aspects of it. If you like The Walking Dead, it's really good. If you like sort of zombie games, it's really good. And if you don't like either of those and you just want a good VR headset game, it's yeah. really good. So it just sort of ticks all the boxes sort of thing. Um if it was just like on a controller mm. and you were playing it, it, it would be tragic. But in because you're doing it and you're like I say, it's like really intuitive and you're stabbing things and you're slicing things and you're opening doors and you're crouching through holes and you're yeah. trying to find a way into a house. There's, there's so many aspects to it. And if I, so if you play it, I lend it to you, there'll be stuff that you'll be telling me and I'll go, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you about that or I forgot to tell you about that. Yeah. Or, you know, there's, there's so much to it. It's just incredible. Yeah. It sounds like one of those real showcase games for VR, you know, that people need to, if they either have a headset and this is on that platform to go out and get it because it showcases all the best parts of virtual reality, not necessarily the worst parts. And it's packed into a, a reasonably meaty game. You know, it's not, a, it's not a tech demo or a two-hour experience. It's a full game with story, plot, gameplay mechanics, start, finish, middle, all that good stuff. 
And, the only uh, problem is, because it's the first game I've properly played, after that I went and played, I think it's called Vader Immortals, like a Star Wars game, and I was like, this is shit. <laughs> it's like, it's set the bar so high now that everything's just like... Oh, yeah, going. downhill a little bit. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. But no, good to see. So what's going to... That's the platinum. That's excellent. I love to see that. I love to see some positivity. Too much negativity. It mainly comes from me. I normally crap on things. So um, I like to see things go in. I mean, chapter two is out. What's the hold up on diving into that at this stage? You just need a bit of a break from... So I can, I can imagine it being quite taxing, playing like a VR game and then playing a game like this, which is super intense, like when, when the action's yeah. kicking off. I can imagine you want a bit of a fucking rest maybe. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, like I say, another thing is you're making decisions as well. It's not just like the story changes. You oh, okay, right. So it's very much like the Telltale game in that, you know, I remember, uh, this is sort of, you said this before, that I'd play that game on the train and I'd get to work and I'd be like, fucking hell, I've made life and death choices here. You know, I've, I've not even started work. And it's the same with that. You come downstairs and like, Vic's like, you're right. And I'm like, no, someone, you know, someone's just got a fucking bullet in the head because of something I've said. So... <laughs> It is a bit full on, and it's not saying you know you, you sort of just play. And you don't use your brain, and you can just switch off. You, no. you know, you've got to be on the ball with it. Um, the only reason I haven't bought the second one is basically I'm just waiting for Jedi Survivors to come out. That's one. Oh, game okay, I yeah, play. yeah, makes and sense. And then once the uh, Jedi Survivors done, I'll probably go back to that and just have a little bit of a break. I don't want to do sort of VR overkill sort of thing. No, no, excellent. Well, a positive segment all round. Quest. VR getting the thumbs up, and then also Saints and Sinners getting two thumbs up, really, if we go back to old-style scoring. But that's excellent. The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners earned itself a platinum. Biff's enjoying his quest at the moment, but we'll see if that lasts for years on end. Um, and maybe if you pick up Chapter 2, we'll reconvene and have a chat about that one, see if they've improved on the formula and, and made it better. But yeah, um, okay. But no, thanks for giving us up your time for this particular episode. Everyone else, if you made it this far... Thanks for joining us. Uh, but nothing more for us to say other than thanks for your time and ta da. This was a Dimp Digital production.